Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, July the 11th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we begin year C, proper week 11, which is the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Monday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage, which lands in this week in the Revised Common Lectionary and this week in the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in the book of Amos. We were there last week in Amos chapter 7. So we go forward, Amos chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Amos chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. This is what the Sovereign Lord showed me, a basket of ripe fruit. What do you see, Amos? he asked. A basket of ripe fruit, I answered. Then the Lord said to me, The time is ripe for my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. In that day, declares the Sovereign Lord, the songs in the temple will turn to wailing. Many, many bodies flung everywhere. Silence. Hear this, you who trample the needy, who do away with the poor of the land, saying, When will the new moon be over that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath be ended that we may market wheat? skimping on the measure, boosting the price, and cheating with dishonest scales, buying the poor with silver and the needy with a pair of sandals, selling even the sweepings with the wheat. The Lord has sworn by himself, the pride of Jacob, I will never forget anything they have done. Will not the land tremble for this, and all who live in it mourn? The whole land will rise like the Nile. It will be stirred up and then sink like the river of Egypt. In that day, declares the Sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your religious festivals into mourning and all your singing into weeping. I will make all of you wear sackcloth and shave your heads. I will make the time like morning of an only sun and the end of it like, the, like a bitter day. The days are coming, declares the Sovereign Lord when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst of what for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. This is the word of God for us. We discover a lot about a person when we discover the things that they're passionate about, the things that brings them the deepest joy, right? We actually find out a lot about a person when we discover what they get angry about, um, where their speech begins to speed up, where they begin to furrow their brow when they pound the table. We also learn a lot about a person whenever we see that side of them, when they're animated in that way. A passage like Amos chapter 8 is a difficult one because we see a God who is not just uh, you know, buoyant and happy and joyful all the time. We recognize a God within these verses that's angry. And what's good about reading a passage like this is that we don't have to jump to assumptions about what God may be angry about. We don't have to um, guess about the things that break God's heart. Uh, what we find in Amos chapter 8 is a great unveiling about the things that causes him deep concern and even frustration and anger, and he begins to act out because of it. 
We find the people's prophet Amos once again. We talked about last week where he wasn't a professional prophet. Therefore, he seemed to have relative freedom, didn't have to mince his words, didn't have to impress the academy or the guild, didn't have to um, run things by anybody before he could share it. He just shared from the heart and then he could return home and go back to his flocks, right? And so here he is, uh, waning days, the, sorry, the waning parts of the book of Amos. And he gets right to the point. God is saying that something has ripened, um, that God's forbearance, that God's patience with the northern tribes has reached its end. The, the time is ripe for a harvest. And that seems to be a pleasant thing in a horticultural culture like this one, uh, to see fruit on the vines, something that gives you a hope that you're going to be able to project health and life into the future. So this, this metaphor is kind of turned on its head because this is not good news. Uh, the sins of Israel have become fully ripened and mature, and God wants to do something about it. And there are certain things that uh, Amos reveals in this passage. He says that uh, one of the things that frustrates God is how they tend to hold religious services with contempt. Uh, you'll notice in these verses that uh, people are just kind of eager for these new moon festivals where work stops or when the Sabbath week after week can be concluded when they're not supposed to work so they can get back to business. This ultimately reveals who their God is. Now, their God is actually wealth and commerce and finances, but it's not the worship of God. This highlights, a, I think, a big important idea about the Bible. The Bible says that at the, you know, the very core of who we are as people are not moral and ethical people, even though morals and ethics are deeply entwined into who we are. But God created us in his image uh, and in his likeness. And what biblical scholars suggest is that the core of who we are are worshipers. We adore, we magnify stuff, we make things big. And unfortunately, that can lead to some poor conclusions. The poor conclusion here in Amos chapter 8 is that uh, the audience that Amos is bringing an admonition to, they've made commerce and wealth their big god. That's what they have magnified. They've made it their idol. Because of that, their behavior is all out of sorts. Continuing on with this discourse, uh, God begins to take note of how they misuse the scales, how they charge more than what they actually give in the marketplace. They're actually selling human beings. Other people created in the image of God. This is something that frustrates God. This is something that we have seen earlier um, in Amos's uh, book, and we can see it here towards the waning ends. God has a craving for justice. That he wants fairness. He wants equity. That he wants a common flourishing in the earth. And these practices of worshiping finances and commerce and misusing those great gifts of God, which is commerce and wealth, to misuse them to crooked ends is something that frustrates God. God has got up justice, and it's probably the most pervasive ethical theme from Genesis all the way to the maps, and justice is normally done in a group of people. So social justice is something that the Bible does speak a lot about, contrary to what has been alluded to from some corners of Christianity. God cares about what we do after we say our prayers and after we sing our songs and after we do our daily devotions and after we jot down things in our journal. God wants to know what are we going to do in public with all of the moral and religious knowledge that we've gained and we've, we have attained. God wants us to be people of great fairness. God wants us to, with courage and with risk and with humility, 
go to places where the world around us is broken, it's fractured, and there's inequity, and to raise a voice, a humble voice, but one that is clear and concise and that bends towards equity, and to raise our voices and say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, this crooked place must become straight again. And so we see different brokenness in our world, and I think we have a varying reaction to it. Um, As we continue to pray and sing and allow the teachings of Jesus to wash over us, I do think that there is an adjustment that happens in our minds over time, that there's a a shaping that comes into our souls to walk into a room when it's not fair to say, this isn't right, and I want God to do something about it. I want us as God's people to do something about it. So the thing that I want us to tune into today after our time of prayer is to recognize what was something that I had to bang on the table about today? Was it worth it? Was it a noble cause? Or was it something that's actually quite petty and trivial and shallow? But what are the things that are truly broken in the world around me? What can someone like me, with the time that I have, the family that I have, the place where I live, the resources and the gifts and the influence that I have, what can I do to help shine a light on that crookedness and to see those rough places become smooth once more? With that in mind, let's spend our time praying to a God of justice this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're the just God. And as a just God, you're also full of love and kindness, great patience and uh, forbearance whenever the world that you love is out of sorts. We thank you that you had great patience upon us as we wandered in our sin. We thank you that, Jesus, you called to us and we responded to the grace of Christ. We thank you that this grace does bring us salvation. This grace also teaches us to say no to things that are out of shape for your people and for your kingdom. God, we confess to you that we have at times contributed to unjust things and we have perpetuated inequity in our lives. But we thank you that as you are transforming us, you're transforming the world and you're sending us into the world as transformed beings to see great change in the earth. God, we thank you for this window into your personality this morning. You're the God who sees injustice and it, it burns deep anger within you. And so God, this day, I pray that you give us the same burning and that with great humility, with great kindness and patience, with an allure of gentleness, that we would help nudge this world towards a more just and fair place so that all might be able to flourish. So begin that work within us. Help us to have the eyes to see what is out of sorts. Allow us to have the trust and the faith to believe that things don't have to remain the same, but they can change. So through your community, through your people, I pray that there be great coordination, that there be great grace, that there be great patience and kindness and humility in order to see good things pass by us. Help us to be people who plot goodness and to see good things flourish in the world around us. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.